Hey everyone, welcome. This is Lucas Granger, lead pastor of Coastal Church. It is our hope that you will find this podcast today challenging, inspiring, and practical as we seek to reach the world with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to do verse 1 and then verse 4 through 6. It will also be on the screen. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the spiritual abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us. Amen. How's everybody feeling today? Hey, well, if you don't know... This is Brunswick County, and Brunswick County likes to do things that are Brunswick County-ish. So uh, yesterday, one, one of our guys here at the church, Ryan Sullivan, uh, he found him a race car derby car for the demolition derby and went out and got to smash up cars. And we just thought, hey, if you're going to go smash a car, you know, Pepsi sponsors cars, Coke, let's the church should sponsor this car. So I got a few pictures of of what that looks like. That's him and all smashed up. Next picture. There's literally cars rolling over. Like those guys are pushing cars over because the coastal car smashed them up. And then then this is our car getting towed off because we got smashed up. It was just awesome. It was a fun time. So like that was just great. Uh, there, there's no reason for me to tell you that other than that's fun to smash cars. So if you'd like to enter your car in September, that's, that opportunity is available. Um, so Devin just read this portion of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul writes this letter. This is a pastoral letter that he's writing to a, a new group of believers. Now, Now, understand the context for a moment. So for thousands pretty much of years, uh, your relationship, your knowing of God was there was God above, right? God kind of speaks the, the booming voice uh, from, from the mountaintops, and there's fires, and there's clouds, and, and he parts seas, and it's kind of the God that's above, right? And, and then there's this point in history where Jesus comes and walks among us in the flesh. And so there's this little brief time where it's gone from like this idea of God above to God among. He is right there. Uh, Jesus, God with us. But it only lasts for this little bit of time, seemingly. And and then Jesus says, listen, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, and he's going to dwell within you, which is just like, what? Mind is blowing. So it goes from God above to God among to God within. And, and, and this is just so brand new because it's worked a certain way for so long that what does this look like? What does it mean that the Spirit of God would dwell inside of us? What, what, what is this thing? And so Paul, uh, in, in these letters, he's, these churches are getting going. They're, everybody is a baby Christian. Everybody is learning what it is uh, to walk out this new life. And, and, and it's, it's amazing. 
It's miraculous. It's all this excitement, right? Do you remember when you first came to Jesus? When you first got saved? Man, it was just like, wow. Like, life is just, this is amazing. This is crazy. This is new. Yet, at the same time, it's very familiar. Because while you've experienced this encounter with the God of all creation, you still got to go to work, right? You, you still got to go home to some crying babies. You've still got to mow some grass. You still got all of these difficulties that you're dealing with, and you're just like, but you don't understand what just happened. Like, I've had an encounter with Jesus. I've had an encounter with the God of all creation. He's done something in my heart. My life has changed. Put away the dishes, and you're just like, but hold on, you don't understand. I mean, but the thing is, it's been like that throughout all human history. Whether it was God above, God among, God within, it was like so exciting, but yet normal. It was, hey, you know, God has parted the seas. You still got to walk through it. You, there's a promised land. God's going to give it to you. It's a long walk, son. Keep, you better start moving. I mean, it's crazy. Like, even back then, you could just imagine there was babies throwing fits in the grocery stores, right? There was some dad saying, I will turn this donkey right around. If you kids don't, we are going to Jerusalem. Stop all that. I mean, Jesus' parents lost him. Where is he at? I mean, which makes me feel good as a parent because if you can lose. Uh, anyway, so it's just... All too normal. All this is happening. The church is exploding. You, you read the book of Acts. All of these things are happening. And yet, it's still underneath Roman control. Yet, there's still extreme persecution that's taking place. And it's all exciting and yet all together normal. All together familiar. Uh, even to the point where we look in the Gospels and we see this resurrection has happened. This point of all of time which changes everything. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's appeared to his disciples. I mean, I could just imagine this moment. Just He's risen from the dead. And Peter's there with his boys, and he's like, yeah, I'm going fishing. What was he saying? Like, yeah, well, I'm still got to eat. I'm still hungry. We still got to pay these taxes. And all the other disciples are like, He's risen from the dead, but all right, let's, let's all go fishing. I mean, it's, it's this excitement and yet this familiarity. It's, man, you come to church and, and, and wow, God shows up and there's a work that takes place in your heart and you're feeling good and you're going to leave this place and somebody's going to cut you off in traffic. Somebody's probably going to cut you off in the parking lot. <laughs> and you're going to be like, ooh, if it wasn't for some Jesus. Right? It's going to happen. Somebody's going to call your phone and try to sell you Obama insurance. It's going to happen. It's like 17 calls a day. Would you like press number four, press seven to be on the do not call? Don't press the button. They just call back. Like, what good is the Anyway, I'm getting off track. It's this normal. And like, wouldn't it be great if salvation was a little bit different in the sense that when you got saved, you just knew everything. Man, you just, man, your mind, forget the whole renewing of the mind. If you just had a brand new mind, you got saved, you came to Jesus, and you just understood some stuff. Come on, all the ladies say it, amen. <laughs> that man right there, if like when we got married, if he just understood some stuff, he needs, right? And all the guys were like, I wish that did happen. 
because I don't understand you, girl. I've been married for 12 years. I have no idea what that woman's thinking. You know what I mean? Like, I would love to just, boom, salvation, new mind. I get it, right? But the thing is, it's a process. You are saved, and yet you are being saved. You are holy, and yet you are being made holy. It's a process that you're learning. And so when Paul is writing this letter, it's a very, very exciting time for the church, and yet it's altogether normal. And he says this thing, listen, y'all have asked this question, and I want to address it. And the question that the church has asked him is this. What's the deal with these spiritual gifts? What's the deal with these gifts? Help us out here. And Paul says in verse 1, listen, dear brothers and sisters, regarding the question about special abilities from the Spirit that he gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So here's like a father speaking to his children saying, listen, I want you to understand everything that God has for you. I don't want you to misunderstand this. I want you to understand it. And then he goes on to say, like, all of this, these gifts are for all of us. Like, all. You want to know what that means in the Greek? All. Everybody. 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 You know, he's saying this, and, and I read this uh, statistic this week. It said a survey was done and uh, amongst Christians, and 84% of the body of Christ doesn't know what their gift is. Now, if, if that statistic is true, 84% of the people in this room don't know how God has gifted you, how you are formed and made for a special purpose And God has put a gift that's just for you, inside of you, for the body, for all of creation, for humanity, and we don't know what it is. And so Paul is saying, listen, it's important that you understand this. First, let's lay some groundwork. One, there is a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. There is all different types of activity, but the same spirit. There are all different types of activities, but it's the same spirit. Are you starting to catch the drift of what Paul is saying? Like, there's all these gifts. There's all these activities. There are all of these services, but yet they're all connected to Jesus. And so what, if, you, if you're in this, this place and you're looking for, like, a one-size-fit-all, that doesn't work. There, there is different gifts. There's different ways of manifesting those gifts. There are different ways of using the gifts that God has given you. And yet, I think sometimes our frustration comes when we try to make everybody's gift look just like our gift. Our frustration comes when we have people that are around us and amongst us in relationships, and well, no, you need to do that this way. And this is how this works. Have you ever tried to fold laundry together as a couple? (laughs) Right? There is no two people alike that fold a shirt the same way. And your wife will teach you. This is the proper way to fold a shirt. I'm telling you, 12, 13 years later, I still don't know how to fold a shirt. Listen, I could help put a man on the moon. 
I could do some quadratic equations. I could study, you know, but I cannot fold a shirt. It's just not going to happen. The girl's still working on me. I'm in process. Like, but there's this thing, like, we try to make everyone look like us. We try to make everyone do it the way that we would do it. And Paul is saying, listen, there's different gifts. There's different ways of expressing it. People will fold their laundry different. People will use their gift different. People will teach different. People will preach different. People will fix that car different. People will mow the grass in different lines than what you would like. He's like, it's different, and that's okay, because imagine if everybody was just like you. This world would be horrible. You know it. Because you can only stand you for so long. It's true. That's why you got married. You found someone else that could put up with you for longer than 10 minutes, and you're like, I'll marry that one. It's true. Like, if everyone was just like us, this world would be miserable. I mean, Lord, help me if everyone was just like us. Just, just, just like me. The grace and the mercy, that everything. And so Paul says right off the bat, before we get in to some of the things about these gifts, you need to realize that everybody is different. And then he uses this, this word. He says, listen, there's different kinds of this, the, these spiritual gifts, the same spirit, uh, different services. different." But I think what happens sometimes in society is we get caught up on this word spiritual. We read this word spiritual, we hear this word spiritual, and we use it inside of a context of 2019 America instead of how Paul would have used it inside of first century church, first century Jerusalem, living amongst this gospel message to people. So we hear the word spiritual, and there's this assumption, oftentimes, the spiritual things are, well, what I'm doing right now. Spiritual things are the guy that locks himself in the closet and prays for an hour. Spiritual things are reading your Bible. And spiritual things are the things that the missionaries do overseas. Spiritual things are fill in the blank. And, and, and here's the thing. All of those things are. Every single one of them. But the outworking of limiting our thinking to believing that those things are what is considered just spiritual, is there's been this intentional, intentional, maybe unintentional consequence of saying, because this is what is spiritual, these are the things that are not spiritual. And so it's therefore more spiritual to get up on a stage and, and for me to preach the word of God than it is to go next to, to my neighbor and mow their grass, Right? Because this would be looked at as very spiritual, and that no, they're just mowing my yard, right? And, and so we've put these things up that there's this association with what we call spiritual. And the truth is, oftentimes, this word spiritual, it, it even could be used for, like, weirdness. Because if someone's, like, super weird, they're more spiritual. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all know those people that everything, oh, Man, man, they just prayed the most eloquent prayer. They did this. No, they're just weird, okay? They're just weird. But because they've expressed themselves in a manner that's different, and because those things we've put on the shelf that are, that are quote, more spiritual, now they, for appear to be better than us because they prayed in a way that we don't pray 
They taught in a way that we don't teach. And after all, I just mow the grass. And after all, if the preacher says it louder and longer, he must be right. Come on. If the preacher just, I don't know, he must be holy because he was yelling at me a lot. Y'all have had those feelings. Y'all have been to those places where I don't, you're going to hell, man. He's just, dude, and find out the brother's hooked on crack. You know what I'm saying? We, we've had this. We've had these experiences. But, man, he must be spiritual because he's doing these things. And we've disconnected pieces of our lives into what is and what isn't. And I would say I think Jesus would take issue with this. I, as a matter of fact, James also would take issue with this because faith without works is dead, and what good is it to talk about it and just not act on it? Let me just, oh, I'm going to pray that you have a, a warm jacket, but I ain't giving you my extra one. That's not spiritual at all. That's called being a Pharisee. And Jesus is very outspoken against the Pharisees. Like, y'all think y'all are doing it right? Y'all are the ones that are supposed to be teaching these people? Like, no, 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 look over here. This is how you're supposed to be doing it. There's these two dudes standing there, and the Pharisees praying this elegant prayer, and everybody in the congregation is like, that guy's spiritual. He's so good. And there's this other guy that, Lord, just have mercy on me. And Jesus is like, that's my boy. Who just comes with his heart wide open. And she's like, that is spiritual. Like, do you really think for a minute that Jesus had a spiritual life and then a life? I mean, think about it. Like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I was just preaching this sermon on the mountain. That was spiritual, but this is my personal life, and I'm just going to go hang out. Like, I was on the job. Then it's my job life and my spiritual life and then my family life. We are like a bunch of schizophrenic Christians. And Jesus would be like, what are you talking about, your family life? It's all spiritual. Everything you do, live and breathe and move. I didn't come that you would have a good, good family life. I didn't come that you'd have a good family life and then a good job life and then it's just okay. Like, no, I came that you would have life and life more abundantly. All of life, all of it, every relationship, every encounter, every grocery store trip that you take to Walmart. I'm still working on that one. <laughs> life and life more abundant. We, we've segmented our life into these little boxes. And, and, and I just think that Jesus, he, he would say, say, no, that's not what I'm talking about. And here's the thing. That statistic that says 84% of people don't know their gifts, I think that's actually wrong. I think the reason why people say that is because they just don't recognize the God-given gifts that he has put in your life, and we've discounted them as being normal, and Jesus is saying, no, that's what I've given you. I've given you the ability to fix that car. I've given you the gift and the ability to paint that painting. I've given you this thing, and because you've mislabeled it, you don't see it for what it is. And when we mislabel something, we have a hard time pulling out the right tool when we need it. I do this with my phone because, honestly, guys, I love, I love y'all. I love people. I have the worst time with names. 
I, I barely remember my kids' names. I'm like, Reese, Kobe, kid, just, just come here. And so oftentimes when people with their phone and they'll we'll be talking, and I don't know what to put the, in their name as the contact, so I'll be like, lady at gas station. <laughs> lady with red hair, by lady at gas station. And so I don't know, and be, but because I've mislabeled her, him, when it comes time for me to have to reach out, I don't know where she's at in my contact list because I've mislabeled it. When you mislabel the gifts that God has put in your life, there will come these moments where God has called you to act upon them, but you won't be able to use them because you've put them in the wrong place. God's calling you to bring people into salvation, but for some of us, it's through mowing their grass. And if we don't see our place as part of that, we will mislabel it and intend not do what God has called us to do. God has called you to plumb that house. God has called you to run those electrical wires. And all of that is spiritual. All of that is for the kingdom of God. The truth is, there are many pastors in this room right now that will never step foot on this stage. There's pastors. Your, your congregation is Walmart. Your congregation is the garage and the other seven men that work around you. Your congregation are those that you encounter with every day, and you pastor those people. There are evangelists, and there are, there are prophets right now that gather their paycheck from the public school system. And you are speaking into the lives of children, and that's what God has called you to do. You are a prophet to the nations in that classroom with those 30 kids that are looking to you to speak life into their life because their parents might not be doing it at home. I heard a story this week about uh, Chris Hodges. If you don't know who he is, he is the pastor of Church of the Highlands. Amazing, amazing church out in Alabama. And uh, he tells a story that when he was a young man, uh, somewhere around the age, I think he said eight, nine, ten, that he was in school and he had this teacher, and it was after class one day, and the teacher just pulled him to the side, and the teacher just said, Chris, I just want you to know that God has a plan for you. Chris, I just want you to know that you're going to change the world. He said, you know what? Out of all of my grade school years, I can't tell you any other teacher but that one. And now he stands on a stage and he literally preaches to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And hundreds of thousands of people have come to Christ. And everyone knows Chris' name, but nobody knows the name of the teacher who helped lead Chris except Jesus. He sees everything. See, I think sometimes we get it in our minds of like, man, Billy Graham and these things. And, and don't get me wrong, they're awesome. But we're going to get to heaven and we're going to be surprised at the people that Jesus is like, this lady, I, who, who is that? Yeah, you, you wouldn't know her. She, she, just, she just served raising three kids. And that one kid grew up to touch this other kid that grew up to touch this other kid that ended up leading Billy Graham to Christ. But if we've mislabeled the gift, we will flee from our calling when God has called you to infiltrate the culture. 
to use that gift at certain moments in time. Because all that we have and all, all of this, it comes from God. Different gifts, different services, different challenges for all of us. But it all comes from God and it all goes back to God. So everything that he has given you. Actually, let's take a moment right now. Okay, if everyone just close their eyes. I just want to take a second. And I just want to pray. Holy Spirit, just in this moment. Lord, for all of us that we've kind of mislabeled our gifts. I just ask at this moment, you would just fill our hearts and show us those things that you've placed in our lives that we've discounted. Lord, for the man in this room right now that doesn't think he's good enough. For the woman in this room that just feels like she's not gifted at all. Lord, awaken. Awaken within them. Lord, your spirit that breathes on them and shows them that we're all needed in this body. Thank you, Lord. When... When Paul begins this letter here in 1 Corinthians, he's addressing a concern that he has. And the concern is this. There's, remember, this, this church thing is happening, it's forming, and, and for the most part, it's these new Christians that are learning what it is to be a Christian. Right then, it would be a follower of the way. And he has these concerns because there's all of this talk that's going around. And people are saying this. They're saying, hey, well, I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos, and, I'm of, and so there's this kind of division that's taking. That they're saying, like, oh, I am Baptist, I am charismatic, I am whatever. So, like, we love to, like, label things and put them in boxes and segments and say, this is where you are, and this is how you fit, and that's a whole other sermon. But he, he's addressing this issue, and he's, he's saying, listen, it's not about Paul. It's not about Apollos. See, one plants, one waters. It's different, right? The planter is different from the dude that's watering, but it's God who gives the increase. It's God who gives the increase. It's God that's given Paul these gifts. It's God that's given Apollos these gifts. It's like we are nothing. God is everything. We do these things. We play our role. We play our function, and all of it goes back to God. When he later on addresses these spiritual gifts, we're going to get more into this next week too, but I want to tell you this. You will never... Never recognize the gifts and fully understand that which God has given to you by comparing yourselves to others. When you compare what you have with what someone else's ha else has, you will never fully understand just what God is trying to do in you and through you. 
It doesn't work. And that's what Paul is addressing to this church. Listen, please stop doing this. For the first five years of this church, I was miserable. Because what would happen was uh, I would come and I would preach these sermons and, and I would just beat myself up because I didn't do it as well as that other pastor. Or I would listen to someone else and I'd, I'd hear their story and I'd think, oh, I could use that story and it'd be good. And it would be like crickets in the place. And I'd be like, man. And, and, and I spent all of this time trying to become something that just wasn't me. And I would constantly compare, and, and it didn't matter who told me how good of a job or how not good. Like, I, it didn't matter because I just felt this constant sense of, like, God, why do you have me doing this? And until one day, I was, I just quit. Like, actually, I quit a lot those first five years, usually Monday mornings. I, just, I hired myself back Tuesday, but... I fired my wife so many times. Like, shoo, that girl's been fired. She still shows up. Um, thank you, Jesus, that she still shows up. Nobody listens to me. Um, so, where was I going? I, was, I had a point. I had a point. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just didn't like it. Uh, and finally, I, I gave up, and I just said, you know what, God? I just, I just gotta be me. I just gotta be me. And, and, and guys, what you see is what you get. Like, I am who I am. I don't have all the answers. You run into me at Walmart, this is what you get. We hang out at my house, and we're playing, this is what you get. This is Lucas, through and through. And, and the thing about it, like, I just found that, you know what? I like me when I'm being me. I don't like me when I'm trying to be somebody else. When I'm trying to be like someone else that I, I love and appreciate their gifts, I am miserable. But man, I came to the conclusion, you know what? I just love me some white v-neck shirts. <laughs> they are comfortable. You can wear ties if you like. I'm not going to wear them. I feel like I'm being choked to death. I mean, Ricky Perkins, my brother, the brother loves some, some dress. My, the brother is smooth. I don't want to dress like that. I just like my V-necks. They are like three for a dollar at Walmart, so I don't have to take care of them because after lunch, I'm going to get spaghetti stains all down this shirt. And that's just who I am. Who are you? Do you know you this morning? Have you met yourself? I think some of us are afraid because when we look in the mirror, we think other people won't like us if they knew who we really are. The truth is they don't like you now. <laughs> so you should just be you, and you'll find some real friends. I ain't even joking. That ain't funny, y'all. It's true. Come on, somebody. Hey, let's bring the band back up here. Hey, can we all stand? We're going to worship together. Before we do that, I know we have some fun. I want, I want, I want to bring it down for a moment. Like, Let's all just let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes. There's, some, there's something I think that the Holy Spirit just wants to do in us right now. In a moment, I'm going to give an opportunity for salvation. Because the truth is, you will never know you until you know Jesus. You will never have a full understanding of your life and your calling and your gift until you know Jesus. But there's a whole bunch of other people in the room 
that we've just been living below our calling. And so, Lord Jesus, I just pray right now at this moment that, God, as we gather together as your body, a diverse body of different gifts and different expressions, Lord, that that we would be free to be us. Lord, that when we leave this place, we're not leaving something spiritual and going into something normal. God, we we are living and moving with you in every moment. Church isn't something we go to. It's something that we are. And Lord, we are the church. And God, help us to see the world around us through your eyes. Help us to be good pastors on our job. Help us to be good evangelists and good prophets and good apostles Monday morning and Wednesday nights. Help us to pastor our kids. Help us to teach those that may never step foot through these doors, Lord. Help us to come and realize that everything is spiritual. So maybe you're in this room right now and you don't know him. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you've run. The gifts and the callings of God, he's put them there before you were even born. And he is with open arms right now saying, come home, my son. Come home, my daughter. Even at this moment, you can't you can't even imagine all that I have in store, but you can't go another step until you've chosen me. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So if you're in here and you don't know him, maybe you've spent a lot of time hearing about him, but you want to know him. This is your moment. I want to lead you in a prayer with every head bowed, with every eye closed. If you're in here and you just, you want to know Jesus. You want to accept him as your Lord and as your Savior. We you do me a family? You just put your, put your hand real high in the air. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Is there anybody else? Don't miss this moment. All right. If everyone will please repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I repent. I am yours. yours. You are mine. mine. I lay everything at your feet. feet. Jesus, come fill me. me. I don't want to go another day without you. you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, I just pray that your presence would fall. I just pray that you would fill hearts and minds this morning. I thank you that you've never given up on us, God. I thank you that you are faithful when we're not. Lord, I thank you that you are our Savior. I thank you that we are saved. We are on our way to heaven. But, Lord, we could experience you right now in this moment. Because, God, you are good and you are worthy. We just give you all the praise and all the glory. Hey, everybody, can we put our hands together? We had someone in the house that gave their life to Jesus. Come on, that's the biggest miracle you'll ever see. Let's worship together. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you would like to explore more resources just like this, take a moment and download the Coastal Church app. 
Also, if you would like to give financially to support the ministry here at Coastal, go to mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. God bless and have a wonderful week.